We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Really appreciate you joining me today. I would love to look you in the eye and tell you that, hey, you know, it was a little bit of an up and down practice and Green Bay had a couple nice plays, a couple touchdowns to Christian Watson, few sacks on defense, really nice two minute drive that ended with a Cody Crest touchdown. And all of those things to some extent are true that I just mentioned. We'll go all of them. Uh, we'll go over all of them in all of today's practice takeaways. But the truth of the matter was, this was a pretty big beatdown at the hands of the New England Patriots on day two of Packers-Patriots joint practices. So if you would prefer good news and all of the you know amazing things that happened, I would go back and listen to day one video because the day one video was a lot more positives and a lot of things that I thought Green Bay did incredibly well. Here's the thing. My goal when I do these videos or when I do the podcast or whatever I end up doing, whether I'm writing, talking, doesn't matter, tweeting, is to give you guys the eyes and ears of what's happening on the field as much as possible. Whether it's a game, whether it's film, whether it's practice, it doesn't matter. I'm trying to be the eyes and ears and show you and tell you everything that I saw and make all of the observations possible 
so that you guys can do what you want with it. If you want to take the positives out of that, there's going to be some positives to take out of today's show. I promise you, there's going to be some really cool things that we'll discuss and go over that were fun from today's practice. If you want to take the negatives out of it, there will be plenty of those from today's practice. And you can take that out of it. If you just want the story of what happened in, in, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, good, bad, or ugly, that's great too. But my goal is to not try to spin it one way or the other as much as I possibly can. I'm going to give you my, you know, wholehearted opinion and I'm going to be totally truth, you know, truthful with you guys as much as I possibly can be in any given day, no matter what happened, good, bad, or ugly. But some days there's going to be some bad practices, some bad games, some bad moments. And when I see those things, I want to be as truthful about those as I was when I, you know, covered all the positive things that happened. So this one, a little bit more of a downer, no doubt about it, but let's go over it. Let's dissect it. Let's see what happened. And then we'll see where Green Bay kind of goes from here because, Sport, like, listen, if the Packers were 17 and 0 every season and won the Super Bowl every year, I'm sure there'd be some fun to that, right? But, you know, it's kind of the overcoming adversity that makes sports that much more fun and entertaining. And if it were just easy, eh, there's not much there, right? There's not much of a story. There's not much of a journey. It's about the journey. It's about getting better. You know, the 2010 team, the 96 team, those teams didn't just happen overnight. And all of a sudden they were really, really good. They had to overcome some really tough teams, 49ers, Cowboys in the NFC in 96 and 2010, a division opponent in the NFC championship game and the Chicago Bears and plenty of other injuries through the course of that season with like, I don't know, a thousand guys on IR that year. Like there's, there's things that you're going to have to overcome. And I'm not saying this team is going to overcome things to make a Super Bowl this year, but they're going to have to find that journey on their path to getting back into relevance and trying to win a Super Bowl. And days like this are going to be a part of that. So it was ultimately a two hour and 13 minute practice. It was filled with fights, weird weather, and a healthy dose of Bill Belichick. From a fighting standpoint, there were, were at minimum six different skirmishes throughout the course of the day four in a five-play period at one point. The majority were Packers offense versus Patriots defense. Some were on special teams. Two players got kicked out, Anthony Jennings for the Patriots and Keyshawn Banks for the Packers. It was a totally different level of intensity from day one of practice, which was calm and collected. A couple shoving matches here and there, but nothing that rose to any level of like even talking about. It was like the most civil joint practice you could ever possibly imagine. On Thursday, that was not the case. It was gloves off. We are ready to go at any given moment. There were points in the practice, especially when you got to like fight number six, where you're like, I think they're just going to have to shut this down. And like, they might end up with the Packers on one side and the Patriots on the other, or the Patriots in the Hudson Center or something, because this is not going to work. And it didn't end up being that. They ended up being able to get it together. I thought Bill Belichick and Matt LaFleur were both trying to do everything in their power to get people back focused. And again, one player from each team got kicked out of practice. But the the disjointedness started with a lot of the fights and especially the early portion of practice. Nobody really got in a rhythm. And with that intensity and with that you know toughness and fighting, whatever, I thought Green Bay initially rose to that level of intensity and matched it with New England. Now, as New England ultimately sort of got the better of Green Bay throughout the day, New England's intensity went up and Green Bay's intensity went down, which is understandable. That's not a, a you know necessarily indicative of being soft. It's indicative that you're getting your butt kicked and that you know it's it's hard to respond to that level of energy, right? It's just going to happen. I would be willing to bet you, like if it were the other way around, 
And these two teams were fighting and nasty and the tenacity and energy was there and both teams met it. And then the Packers just boat raced the Patriots. The Packers energy would have been great and the Patriots energy would not have been. It wasn't necessarily an energy or not responding to it sort of thing. It was, hey, the one team got way better of the other team. And that's why the energy was the way it was at the end of practice. So there was a, a definitely a different energy to this practice. You also had a really warm day, then a really windy day, then a super rainy day. It all of a sudden started downpouring in Jordan Love's two-minute drill. Like it, the weather was all over the place as well. So that was a weird part of it. And then when I say a heavy dose of Bill Belichick, if Bill Belichick sees you on two consecutive days, he's going to know what to do. He's going to take some things away from day one and use it against you on day two. You could tell the difference in intensity from the Patriots from day one to day two was night and day. You could tell what what New England had planned for Green Bay on day two was night and day different. That defense for New England was flying around. Like Green Bay, I, I wouldn't say had their way with New England, but it, it was not like super difficult. Like there were some challenging plays from New England's defense on day one. Day two, it was like, we are contesting everything. We are going to be in your face. We are going to be over the top with our energy and intensity, and you are going to hate it. And they brought it all day long. And at certain points, Green Bay did an okay job of matching that intensity. At other points, they did not. But I thought the, the Belichickian defense and just intensity all of it, day two of seeing the same team, it was all over the place. And Belichick's fingerprints were all over that practice from a New England side of things. So that was like the overarching takeaway. Um, before we get into sort of the different things that happened and the, the different periods and things like that, let's sort of start like we normally do. Returning from injury, first of all, some good news. Kenny Clark was back from injury and not just back from injury, but doing both individual and team drills. So that was great to see. Tariq Carpenter also returned, and then David Bakhtiari also returned. Both of them uh, did team drills as well. Bakhtiari was the starter at left tackle, and then Tariq Carpenter was in with linebackers with the twos and threes, right? So great to see all three of those players back. All three, well, clearly Bakhtiari and Clark, two of the most important players on the team. Tariq Carpenter really you know, fighting for a roster spot as a backup linebacker, fighting with a player, Eric Wilson, who had a really nice day, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. But great to see all three of those players back. In addition, Jaden Reed, who dropped out of practice the previous day, I, I would like dropped out is probably a little aggressive, but he got taken out of practice after a play where he kind of landed on the ball awkwardly, making trying to make a diving reception. He left you know, this to the sidelines and then never got back in any of the team drills. When Matt LaFleur was asked about Jaden Reed pre-practice, he did say he was going to practice in individuals for sure, but wasn't sure about team. He did end up playing in the team drills as well. So he looked totally fine and no worse for the wear there. On the bad news side of things, Devondre Campbell, now this is per match Schneidman of The Athletic, He Devondre Campbell was not anywhere at practice that we were able to see. And then he was not apparently in the, the post-practice locker room scrum. However, per Matt Schneidman, in Devondre Campbell's locker was both a scooter and a walking boot, which is clearly not a great sign. Now, there's no confirmation on anything. We do know that he has an ankle injury. We do know that he hasn't been at practice the last couple of days. The other thing that I will note here, right? There's usually two different types of injured players. And what I mean by that is there's injured players that are out on the field doing rehab work with the trainers. Usually those players are closer to returning than the players that aren't out there at all. 
And then there's the players that aren't there out there at all. And usually they are not able to practice in any capacity, not out there with the team. And usually it's going to take a little bit longer for them to get back. Not a million percent always the case, but usually the case. And usually what happens is then once they're ready to go into the ramp up mode, then they start being outside with the trainers and then they go from there to actually practicing. So Devondre Campbell has not been out with the team with the, like the rehab group and practicing, you know, neither has Luke Tenuta, who we know is going to be a serious, you know, probably more of a serious injury, nor has Tyler Davis, which we know has been a torn ACL, right? Those have been the injured players that have not been out there at all. The other practice, you know, the players who have been sort of doing a little bit of work to the sides, today was the first day for Corey Ballantyne. So previously he had not been outside. Today he was back outside. So hopefully that means he's ramping up and getting ready to return to practice in some capacity. Eric Stokes still trying to return from the pup list. He has been outside. Ennis Gaines was outside. Teller Goodson out of the sling, by the way, he was outside working as well. I don't think I saw Lou Nichols out there yet. So he could still be a little bit longer. Devondre Campbell uh, was, again, not working outside. Caleb Jones was. Bo Melton was not. Luke Tenuto was not. And Tyler Davis was not. So not always the picture perfect you know, indicator of whether it's going to be a longer term injury or not. But usually there is that they're not outside, then they are outside, and then they do return to practice. And it kind of goes in that order. So the fact that Devondre Campbell not out there practicing and he had the scooter and walking boot in his, his you know, locker. Don't want to suggest anything. Don't want to predict anything. But that could potentially you know, lean itself to being a longer injury than I think anyone would like it to be. We'll see. Maybe he's ready for week one. Maybe he's ready next week. Maybe he's ready Saturday. Who knows at this point? But it'll definitely be worth monitoring from here on out. Meanwhile, Tucker Kraft took a big hit at practice. Looked like maybe he got the wind knocked out of him, but he was down for a little bit. Trainer walked over. They took him to the sideline. He ended up getting back in the practice not too long after that. So that was the only injury that I could that I saw from practice. Hopefully, Green Bay was able to get rid or get through the remainder of that practice without any other injuries. But Kraft was the only one I saw, and like I said, he did return to team activity. So a good sign there. Your starting offense on the day: Jordan Love at quarterback, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs at wide receiver, Luke Musgrave at tight end, and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon both at running back and a little bit of a pony package. Bakhtiari at left tackle, Jenkins at left guard, Myers at center, Runyon at right guard, and Zach Tom at right tackle. I'm not Nostradamus, but if I were making a pretty serious bet on what your opening offensive line is right now for week one, I'd be pretty surprised barring injury if it was anything besides Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, and Tom. That seems to be very much their favorite offensive line, the one they've used the most, and I think, quite frankly, the one that's best at this point. So we will see, but that seems to be their preferred offensive line. Your starting defense on the day, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, and Devontae Wyatt along the defensive line. Preston Smith and JJ Enigbari at edge. So Enigbari got in for Van Ness. Enigbari had a great day in the first day of practice. So I don't know if he earned that start or what ended up happening there, but uh, he was the starter opposite Preston. And then Isaiah McDuffie in for Devondre alongside Quay Walker at linebacker. Razul and Jair at corner with Savage and Jonathan Owens at safety, who is with the ones. Yesterday, he was with the twos with Tavarius Moore with the ones. This one was Savage and Owens with the ones. And then you had Moore and uh, Ford with the twos. And then after that, you had Levitt and Anthony Johnson Jr. with the threes at safety. All right, let's talk about Jordan Love. On the total, uh, total on the day, he was 14 of 31. That was per match Nyman and Bill Huber. 14 of 31, 98 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. So below 50% as a passer, 
98 yards on 31 attempts is just over three yards per attempt, which is very, very not good. Two touchdowns started early in red zone. He in in the early red zone period on the I think the very first play of red zone he hit Christian Watson on a touchdown. Watson beat the corner clean. Had pretty good separation on the play. And then Love hit him in stride. And then later Love bought time at like I think it might have been the last play of red zone actually. But Love bought time, rolled out a little bit, saw Christian Watson come open. Watson did a great job high pointing the ball and, and making a, a leaping reception for a touchdown. Those were the two touchdown plays early in red zone periods, and then there was not much else to celebrate for the remainder of the day. The two interceptions, he had three interception-worthy plays on the day. The, the the first one was in red zone, same red zone period with the two touchdowns. Musgrave was you know sort of, I don't know, coming across in the, the back of the end zone, and he tried to force one into Musgrave. The Patriot defender was in good position. Might have been like a hair behind Musgrave. At least it wasn't in front of him. Uh, but the defender was right there, intercepted the ball, and clearly in red zone, something that can't happen. Uh, but that ended up being a turnover. Later in practice, was rolling to his right, committed the the sin that Tom Clements and Aaron Rodgers talk about all the time of throwing late over the middle. This wasn't over the middle exactly. It was still like middle right, but he's rolling right and he is throwing back to his left across his body. Defender cuts in front of it, should have been intercepted fell harmlessly incomplete uh, to the benefit of the Packers on that specific play, but was a turnover-worthy play nonetheless. And then uh, he also had one other interception on the day too. So, you know, overall, a, a you know, two-interception day. Um, and sorry, that one was in the two-minute drill. He had uh, the very first play of the two-minute drill, tried to get it to Romeo Dobbs over the corner before the safety, kind of hit that cover two-hole shot and just didn't put enough on it and didn't get it over the corner. To be fair to Jordan, it it wasn't a good read, wasn't a good decision, wasn't a good throw. So you can mark all of those off to being an interception worthy play. The corner made a phenomenal play on it. And it if in all actuality, it was probably a little bit unlucky to have it picked. Probably in, in 90 times out of 100, it's probably a, a pass breakup and not an interception, but you put the ball in that situation and you've got freak athletes everywhere on a football field and sometimes they're going to make that play. And in this case, the Patriot corner made the play and intercepted the ball in the very first play of the two-minute drill. So again, 14 of 31, 98 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, probably should have had one other interception, should have had another touchdown too, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Bill Huber though, charted on the day that there were eight pass breakups from the Patriots defense on Jordan Love alone, another six on Sean Clifford and Alex Magoo. 14 pass breakups. I noted in my quick hits episode that the, the, the Patriots defense was everywhere and there were pass breakups all over the place, but 14 Huber charted, 14 pass breakups. That leads me to my next point is that Jordan Love had some plays he'd like to have back, no question about it. This was not just on Jordan Love. This was on the Packers offense as a whole, but above and beyond even that, credit the other team too sometimes. Like that, the old cliche, the other side is getting paid as well. Their defense and their defensive backfield was all over the place. Like I I don't know, and obviously I don't have the all 22 to go back and look at practice, but as I'm watching it live, I'm like, I don't know where you're supposed to go with the ball on some of these plays. They were everywhere. It looked like they had 14 guys on the field and like, 12 of them were in the secondary. Like that's what it looked like. So I can only imagine what it looked like for Jordan and obviously Magoo and, and Clifford as well for, for like trying to find these little holes. And like, welcome to NFL defenses, of course. This is going to be the case for a good portion of the season. But for a offense that looked really 
promising on the first day of joint practices. The the Patriots defense was a humbling experience on day two and on Thursday. And But tip your cap, I thought they were phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And that's certainly going to make things harder for your quarterbacks. Hello, friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals, and I desperately wanted to go to Game 6 in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Now, thankfully, the day of the game I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two clicks only in fact, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never need to dig through your email. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And as mentioned, I did not think that this was all on Jordan either. That, you know, receivers need to get open. They need to catch plays. He did have a very nice whole shot to Dontavian Wicks in practice. He threw the two touchdowns to Christian Watson, so it wasn't all negative. And then, to be fair to Jordan, too, I mentioned there was another drop that he should have had another touchdown. On the two minutes, so on the first two minute drive, he throws the interception, and then they basically give Green Bay a mulligan because I don't think either team just wanted one play in that scenario. So they give Green Bay another chance with the ones. And Jordan Love drives his team down and gets an opportunity. It's like fourth and two, fourth and three, not much time left. I think they were out of timeouts at this point. 
he buys time and finds Luke Musgrave in the end zone, like kind of open in in a red zone situation where it's basically like a hail. Ma- I don't know if you can call like a twenty yarder a hail mary. I don't know, maybe like a hail Lisa. Like I don't know, use a different name. Uh, a hail mary feels like it has to be like 50, 60 yards. Um, but yeah, like it was like a twenty yard hail mary basically. But um, he finds Musgrave. And he throws a perfect ball to Luke Musgrave. And Musgrave goes up and gets both hands on it. There's there's no other hands from the Patriots players like in there. It's like there's players around him, no question about it. But it it kind of, quite frankly, looked like an easy catch for a touchdown and an awesome play by Jordan. And everyone would have been freaking out and talking about, man, Jordan Love, after the interception on the first two-minute drive, drove his team down, faced adversity, got his team down the field, fourth down, game on the line, down by seven, touchdown pass, Luke Musgrave, and everyone would be talking about it, right? But it takes everyone playing their part and Musgrave dropped the pass. So we don't get to celebrate it in any capacity because it didn't happen. They didn't make the, but Jordan made the throw, got his team down there, gave them an opportunity to tie the game. And unfortunately his tight end dropped the ball. Musgrave has been fantastic in practice, but that's one that he would like to have back. I know you're sick of hearing it, but I'm going to say it again. That's the expectation for a team that has a first time starting quarterback, two rookie tight ends, seven wide receivers that are either rookies or second year players. There is going to be some of these moments. There are going to be days like this. Buckle in, get used to it. This is probably a reality check that maybe all of us, myself included, needed a little bit for a, a training camp and a, a you know joint practice with Cincinnati, a preseason game against Cincinnati, a joint practice against New England that have gone pretty darn well up until this point. This was a little bit more of a reality check, but these are some of the plays that are going to happen with inexperienced young players. It just is. The volatility is going to be there through the remainder of this season because these guys are all super talented, really, really fun. I'm excited about all of them, but there's going to be moments like this. No questions about it. But that should have been a massive game tying touchdown for Jordan Love on that play. He also had a, another play where he once again drew the Patriots' defense off sides using his hard count, which has been a huge weapon for him both against the Packers, Bengals, and the now Patriots so far. So, not all negatives, but when you have a 14 for 31, 98 yard, two touchdown, two pick, should have been three touchdown, three pick day for Jordan Love. Certainly a couple good things, but uh, a lot of things that are going to need some work as well. But I'll say it one last time, was not all on him. His offense needs to do a better job of helping him out on some of those plays as well. All right, let's talk about a positive after talking about that. David Bakhtiari returned to practice. I cannot state this enough. He is so freaking good. The fact that he can just take like a week off and then just go in there at left tackle and like basically revert to like all pro David Bakhtiari and go against guys like Matt Judon and a variety of other, you know, talented edge, rusher, edge rushers and just be like, you know, just yawning and being like, this is all you got. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm bored. Can you, can you do something different? Cause I'm bored. Like he's that freaking good. And it's, it's, he's such a technician at the position where, and I know that if he were, if you were to ask him, he would say like, it's not that easy. And I'm sure it is not. I'm sure it is not. But it's like he's on autopilot at times, and he—he's—I'm sure he work, you know, works hard to get to that point. But man, he is so sound in his technique and what he's capable of doing. I don't envy anyone that has to go against him because it's just—it it sounds like a burden to have to go against Bakhtiari and just get shut down play after play after play after play. He looked fantastic, and hopefully, he can just stay healthy all season long. That'd be great. I don't care how often he practices; he has shown on multiple occasions. Guys, that Lions game. Uh, what was it? Two years ago when he came in in week 17, 18, I guess it probably was at that point. 
and he hadn't played for two years basically at that point. And he came back and he tried to play before the playoff game in that in that game against the Lions. And you know, again, he hadn't played for however long. It had been forever at that point. Maybe it was what, a year, I don't know. However long it was at that point, he hadn't played in a very long time. His knee was clearly not right. He had to come out midway through that and then he didn't play the remainder of that season, right? And those 30 snaps were still fantastic from David Bakhtiari. Like that's how good this guy is. And he looked every bit of that on uh, practice on Thursday. Uh, let's go through the two minute drills really quick here. So the very first one, as I mentioned, Jordan Love drops back to pass down seven, looks right, trying to get to Romeo. Patriots play error, makes a great play on the ball. Not a great decision, not a great throw, intercepts it. That one's over. Game Patriots, they win that game basically. All right, next one is the one he drove the team all the way down. Uh, he also not only was there the drop to Musgrave on the last play that should have been the game-tying touchdown, he also th- threw what I thought was a really nice ball to Josiah DeGuara in the back corner of the end zone. I talked about this on the quick hits. Josiah DeGuara is having a tough camp. He cannot get separation down the field against anyone at any point, not in red zone, not in two minute, not in team, nothing. Like it, It's been a, a huge struggle. As If you're Keeping him as a fullback, I think Henry Pearson might just be the better pure fullback. Like DeGuara can do other stuff better than Pearson can, but you're not really using him that way and he's not getting open anyway. Like, I don't know. It's been a tough camp for Josiah DeGuara. I still think he makes it, but I don't think it's a lead pipe lock guarantee anymore. I think, I don't know. We'll see. If I were betting, I would definitely say he makes the team. I just, he has not brought anything to this offense so far in this training camp. And I hope he turns around. I think there's still a lot of, you know, hopefully meat left on that bone for what he can bring to this offense, but it just hasn't been there so far. All right. So then the Patriots offense took over. They have a couple of plays and like the clock's running and it seems like kind of like it's going to be not a super great drive for the Patriots. And then, so Jabril Peppers for the Patriots was talking smack all day long. And I mean, all day long at a very annoying level. If you are a Packer fan or a Packer, you love it if he's on your sideline, right? but you don't like it if, you're, if he's not, if he's on the opposing team sideline. So on this play, Jair's, Jair's fired up. He's talking back. He's he's right by the Patriots sideline. He's talking to all of them, just classic Jair stuff, right? And to be fair to Jair, he knows he's probably going to be able to back it up, but it's two minute drill. It's, you know, there's been an extremely intense practice. Emotions are extremely high and he's talking smack and just going off. The Patriots players are all giving it back to him. And of course, other side of the field, Mac Jones throws like a 50-yard touchdown to Devontae Parker right over Rasul Douglas. And Parker just, you know, had easy separation, awesome throw by Mac Jones, two-minute one by the Patriots offense. And that was the type of day that it was for Green Bay. Even when they're talking smack and trying to, you know, rise to the level of intensity and energy, 50-yard touchdown New England Patriots. So like I said, just that type of day. On that drive, though, you had a, a fourth down for the Packers defense. And they decided to bring pressure. It was like a fourth and, I don't know, maybe eight or nine yards. Joe Barry decided to bring pressure. He brings uh, probably seven guys maybe on the blitz. The issue is Rudy Ford came from depth. And he's starting to you know get his blitz, you know, into his blitz from depth before the snap. But the snap is made and he's still like 15 years, well, maybe not 15, but maybe like 10 yards off the ball. He's, he's, you're never going to get home in that situation. So I get that you want to disguise your blitz. You can't disguise it so much that he's still 10 yards off the ball by the time the blitz comes. And one of the things that I've not liked about the Packers defense, and this goes not only Joe Barry, but previous as well. If you've got a tell, right? 
like so let's take Keyshawn or somebody in the slot not necessarily Keyshawn Nixon but let's take the the slot corner right if your slot corner you know is going to blitz and let's say Patriots go hard count and they say you know they, they get Keyshawn Nixon to tip his hand on a blitz and like everyone knows like he changes the protection and he knows Nixon's coming and like abort your blitz. Like you've got to have a check back for the defense where somebody on the defense can say abort, abort, abort. And now you're just playing, I don't know whether it's a vanilla cover two on the player or a cover four, cover three, something that you have an abort call so that they can't just immediately murder you on a blitz. And the same thing here. Now you wouldn't have been able to make a call here, but if you're Rudy Ford, like I don't know, maybe if you're 10 yards deep, like let's not blitz. Like let's get back in coverage and see if there's somebody open that I can cover because I'm not going to get there as a blitzer. Like there just has to be some improvisation ability in some of those situations. But it was a late blitz. It doesn't get there. Mac Jones, it's a really nice uh, throw in the middle of the field. They pick up a first down and then not there, you know, not long after was the 50 yard touchdown pass. So Green Bay had their opportunity to get off the field. They just weren't able to do so. So that was the second two minute drive again. Well, third, I guess two failed ones by the Packers offense, the pick, and then the dropped touchdown. And then the 50 yarder from, from Mac Jones to Devonte Parker, Sean Clifford takes over and he willed the team down the field. And I mean, he didn't have any right. The Packers really didn't have any right getting a touchdown on this drive. Sean Clifford, he's, he's got, like, if we want to talk like, hey, he's just got that gamer in him. Sean Clifford just has that gamer in him. He just, he found a way to will his team down the field, made a big time throw to Grant DuBose over the middle of the field for, you know, on like a deep post, maybe a 20, 25 yard pickup. Um, DuBose, really nice play on it as well. He has really come into his own over the course of the last couple of weeks from, you know, finally being able to practice. He looks really, really good. He made a big time catch on that drive, but Clifford gets the team down the field. And then finally they're down to the 20 yard line, four seconds left, one play left down by seven, have to get in the end zone. So again, it's kind of like a mini Hail Mary, right? And he's just throwing it up and ball bounces around. Patriots defender should have intercepted it. Ball bounces around again. Looked like another Patriots player should have intercepted it. Bounces around again, and Cody Crest makes a diving touchdown on it. Like, no right. It should have been picked, and again, that's sort of the day like it was for Green Bay as well. Even the highlight plays, the Cody Crest touchdown should have been a pick for New England, but you know what? When you're when you're a gamer and you're putting yourself in a, a position to have a chance to win at the end, Sean Clifford did that. They got a break to go their way. Cody Crest came down with the touchdown and it was a pretty cool drive from Sean Clifford and one that Green Bay desperately needed on a day where they were getting beat up pretty, pretty bad. And whatever the case may be, whether it was a deflection, anything else, you'll take the charity, you'll take the touchdown and you'll take the win on that drive. Unfortunately, just when you thought maybe Green Bay would get a little bit of momentum, Bailey Zappi then marched his number two offense right down the field in the number two defense for a touchdown. And then Alex Magoo got one more opportunity and his drive ends with a sputter and doesn't amount to anything whatsoever. So really should have been New England winning every single one of the two minute drives, two on offense, three on defense. Sean Clifford gets the win on his due to a couple bounces off Patriots defenders that should have been intercepted, but ended in the waiting hands of Cody Crest. Give credit to Mac Jones. He had a phenomenal day, 14 of 17 passing with a big two minute drive. I know a lot of the Patriots writers describe this as Mac Jones's best practice of training camp might've been his best practice ever. He was on fire. He was slinging the ball all over the field. Great accuracy, great timing, great anticipation. Looked like the, the game slowed down for him a little bit, at least on, on this day in, in particular, but a really nice day for, for Mac Jones. And again, sometimes you got to tip your cap and give the other players credit as well. Uh, per 
Uh, I forget uh, my apologies on this one. There was a Patriots writer that was tracking the um, the the Patriots offense on the day, and he gave five sacks to the Packers defensive you know defense just on Mac Jones. So while Mac Jones had a good day throwing the ball, it does sound like Green Bay was able to get some pressure into the backfield. And again, he marked it as five sacks on the day for the Packers defense. Um, but overall, I thought the Patriots thoroughly thoroughly outplayed the Packers on this day. You did have the two-minute drive. You had a couple red zone touchdowns to Christian Watson. Nice play to Grant Dubose over the middle on one of those two-minute drives. Um, a couple interceptions, which we'll talk about in just a second. But this, this was definitely a day where the Patriots got the best of the Green Bay Packers. Other quick notes, Eric Wilson, as I mentioned, two interceptions on the day. Wilson didn't have either of the interceptions, but he deflected both of them. One deflection went to Tyrell Ford. I think I said Rudy Ford on my Quick Hits episode. My apologies for that. I definitely knew it was Tyrell Ford, but these darn Fords, it was definitely Tyrell Ford. Jimmy Phillips, inside linebacker, he also got a deflection off of an Eric, you know, off of Eric Wilson's deflection and was able to intercept it as well. So two interceptions off of Bailey Zappi for the number two defense. As mentioned, Christian Watson had the two touchdowns. Impressive day overall for him in the red zone period, but kind of a quiet day overall for him after that. Maybe the best moment and maybe my favorite moment, especially now that we know Tucker Craft is okay. Guys, there were some some really big hits in this practice. Cody Crest absorbed a couple. Tucker Craft had one. Ezekiel Elliott had a couple against him. Like There were some big hits in this practice. I don't think any coach was happy with that, but there just were. So on the play to Tucker Craft, Tucker Craft got walloped on the play and he fumbled the ball. I think he got the wind knocked out of him. Something happened, right? He's a little bit banged up but he fumbles the ball. Patriots recover. Tucker Craft is hurt on the play. But the best part about it is a fan in the stands, some lady, as soon as the, the Patriots player hits Tucker Craft and Craft goes down, she says, you a-hole, except she didn't say a-hole. And just, just right after him immediately, just on the spot. Absolutely amazing. Don't know who it was, but yeah, immediately got after the Patriots player and started calling him an a-hole. Uh, apparently she left later uh, with frustration of some sort. I don't know. Who knows? But just very classic. And then Cody Crest gives some credit to him as well. Touchdown catch, a few other catches on that drive, on that two-minute drive. He withstood a couple big hits, as I mentioned. I, he probably a practice squad guy at best, but he's been a player. First of all, a ton of Don Beebe vibes in that number 82 jersey. Uh, but He's he's done a really nice job, like I said, at pra- probably practice squad at best, but he's done everything he can to just kind of get his name in that conversation to at least be in the conversation for a 16-man practice squad spot. Important day for Jordan Love and this Packers offense. He got a ton of reps against the Patriots defense who threw the kitchen sink at him. That's going to be a great learning experience for him and the offense as a whole. I think it's an important butt kicking for a team that probably can use a, a day like that, to be honest. As I mentioned on the Quick Hits episode, would have I, would I have preferred the Packers be the one doing the butt kicking and, and punching the other team in the mouth? Yes, that would be better. I would like that more. But sometimes you got to take your medicine, you got to learn from it, and you have to see how the team, especially a young team like this, responds to it. I'm going to be super intrigued for the rubber match on Saturday against the Patriots. Packers one day one of practice. Patriots really, really one day two of practice. I want to see what happens in that that preseason game. Does it mean anything on on you know, the standings in the on paper? No, it doesn't. But these two teams were after each other all day on Thursday, and you had each team one one day of practice. And now this is going to be, I think, another intense you know game. 
And I want to see how Green Bay responds after kind of getting punched in the mouth on Thursday. Not kind of. They got punched in the mouth on Thursday. So how, how can they respond on Saturday? I think that's going to make this game very, very intriguing. And we should see some pretty good quarterback play from New England. I'm assuming Mac Jones is going to play some. And then Bailey Zappi probably plays a ton in that game. So it's not like you're just going to get, you know, scrubs. You know, you're going to get two basically starting caliber quarterbacks in this game, I would think for the vast majority of it. So should be a very fun and entertaining game. That is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode, but until next time, and as always, go Paco. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.